Hello and welcome to the Currency Exchange, where myself, Ibra Daly, and NatWest Markets team of FX Market Strategists help to break down the major themes and events driving currency markets this week. Today, I'm joined by Alvaro Vivanco, our head of EM and ESG macro research. We'll be discussing whether EMFX is still a positive theme for 2023 after it was detected by a spectacular U.S. payrolls number and markets questioning whether the Fed is finally approaching the end of its tightening cycle. I guess the question for markets is, you know, do we still believe in the EMFX rally? Um, Alvaro, I'll bring you in here to kind of justify what we're still positive on EMFX. Thank you, Ymer. Thank you, everybody, for dialing in. Yes, it's definitely been very interesting times over the last few days. I feel like everybody came into the year with this idea that we had at least a better handle on the U.S. data and what the Fed was expected to do over the course of this year. The inflation data, some of the consumer numbers had been pointing in the same direction. And then we add this outlier of payrolls last week. From our perspective, right, uh, from the EM side, I think that there's a couple of things that have shifted over the last few weeks. And I think the most important one that I feel is coming through the conversation with clients is that it's not all about the Fed right now. It used to be back in September, October, that anybody that wanted to add exposure to emerging markets was almost 100% center of what the Fed was going to do. Now, I feel that there's two other components. The first one is the China reopening, uh, which is still playing out. Commodities actually have not rallied a lot on the back of that, but you're seeing kind of the optimism coming from that sector. And obviously, that's going to be a big driver for emerging markets in general. And the second one is that we're, we're getting more and more questions about what's going on in emerging markets themselves. Have there been signs of progress? Where are the challenges? So maybe those are some of the things that we can talk about. Great. So you kind of saying we're moving away from like a rural dollar theme, actually kind of back to kind of bottom up kind of fundamentals. I guess you know, firstly on the China reopening, you know, where do you see are the biggest beneficiaries of that? Is it a commodity story, is it a regional Asia FX story, um, or it's broadly terms of trade and in terms of the positive impact for commodity prices? Yeah, I think it's both. And actually, we have been playing it that way. Uh, the regional Asian economies obviously benefit. We've seen a big rally in Korea, which had been one of our favorites starting last year as a year ahead grade. I think that still has a lot of legs. The carry obviously is not as high in, in Asian economies, but we're seeing a combination of factors, a little bit more optimism, decent uh, returns and decent yields for the historical patterns in Asia. And then, you know, kind of uh, a direct correlation to things like Chile, Brazil, even some of the laggards in Latin America have been doing a little bit better just because, you know, things like copper, metals have really gone through the roof, right? So one of the things that's really shifted over the last few months is that the terms of trade have really increased significantly in a lot of countries. We're not seeing the full effect into the terms of trade, into the balance of, of payments yet, but we're seeing the, the positive correlation. And I think it's just a matter of time for those to come through. So 
you know, I think it's difficult to see a, you know, a direct correlation from China to some of the other countries, but I think for at least Asia and some of the commodity exporters, there's still a little bit of momentum left. Yeah, when you were talking before about, you know, domestic stories becoming relevant for FX markets before, I guess we have to talk about politics. And of course, Brazil is kind of been front and center um, over the last two days. But what do you think are the big kind of political EM stories out there? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, in your area as well, South Africa has been on the headlines. Uh, Brazil coming into the new administration. Some questions uh, about, I guess, two things. The first one is what's going to be the fiscal path. And there had been a big repricing, especially at the long end of the local curve, because the new administration has given signals that they intend to roll over some of the social transfers and the benefits that were already in place. It's not a complete 180 change from what Bolsonaro was doing, but certainly, you know, Lula is uh, a president that has focused a lot on giving more benefits, you know, strengthening the the the, the social uh, safety nets, and you know, the market has kind of digested that. I think that that's mostly on on the price, and in fact, we had become a little bit more uh, positive on yields in Brazil following the big sell-off at at the end of of last year. The other uh, aspect that has also been in the local headlines is this um, bringing up uh, by Lula, by the president, of central bank independence. So he has mentioned a bunch of times, you know, questioning a bit the, the really high yields that they have in Brazil, which is actually kind of new. And I should say it's something that we haven't seen in other emerging markets. Right, I mean, central banks across the board have high rates significantly. There has been some noise from politicians, but it really has has not been a huge pressure against kind of finding inflation. So that I think is still relevant. It's not going to be imminent in Brazil. We still need to have a little bit of more clarity on exactly what uh, what that means and how it translates into uh, the mandate of the central bank. But I think for now, it kind of brings. Uh, some uneasiness for for investors, but overall, you know, given the external environment that we have, you know, China reopening, kind of a more anchor expectations for developed market central banks. We are still bullish on on the real. I still think that it has a little bit more to go, but but we have become a bit more tactical, just given all of this, and also given the extent of of the gains uh, over the past few months. Yeah, I think the point about central banks, you know, being quotas is a very important one because it was well as the market repricing expectations for the Fed. And after that blockbuster US payrolls report, we also saw some repricing for EM central banks, which I know you touched upon. You know, do you think the market, you know, how do you think the market reacted and do you think they're right? Yeah, I think this is critical. I think this is a, a big, big factor for the way the market is looking at, at EM, right? So obviously yields are very high. They're highest in uh, in Latin America and places like uh, Hungary, right? Historically, they are at the top of the range, even in some cases adjusted for inflation or inflation expectations. The implied yields are very, very high because as I said before, EM central, bank, central banks have done a very good job and they have been, if anything, I would I think more cautious in a bunch of different uh, countries 
than we thought they would be at this stage. Because let's remember that a lot of the stimulus that happened in developed markets wasn't as big in, in the developing markets, right? They did some fiscal, they did obviously monetary stimulus, but it wasn't as significant. And yet central banks have responded at the right way. The question now is, what do they do from now? And my sense, and we've written a couple of pieces on this, is that they actually remain very, very cautious. That this rally in equity markets and EM currencies uh, over the last few weeks are not enough for them to really start seriously considering uh, easing rates. Uh, we think that if anything, the pauses in the places where the rates have already peaked are probably going to extend for a little bit longer. They feel like you know it's been painful. They are kind of at the end of, of doing their job. I don't sense a lot of rashness on their side to be like, okay, now is the time to really give in to this uh, growth concerns and start easing anytime soon. And kind of like, if I had to pick a kind of a positive from the payroll numbers, it's precisely that, right? That there's still global uncertainties about where the terminal rate for the Fed is. And unless we know that, uh, it's going to be very difficult for the central banks to back off. So I do expect that, you know, curves and curves will reprise some of their early easing that they had already been incorporated. And I think in other places, we're going to extend the pause for, for a lot longer, which is, is very, very positive for EM. Mm -hmm. Do you think they need to in terms of, you know, how to broadly see inflation evolving? I know Latin, you know, in particular was, you know, some of the first central banks to really get on, really start hiking, and you have seen inflation coming lower, but do you think inflation will be more sticky for emerging markets? The 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 trend the last few months has been very, very positive in a bunch of different countries, right? You've seen, you know, kind of very clear signs of peaking. It's a downward trajectory. There have been a few negative surprises, right, compared to expectations, because expectations, I think, are getting a little bit ahead of themselves. Uh, we saw that yesterday in the case of Chile. Inflation is still on a year-on-year -year basis lower than the previous month, a little bit higher than expected, and you see the repricing in, in the curve. So I'm optimistic that the trend is there, but I do feel that it's going to take a little bit longer than the market expects. A big thing to watch is a lot of these fiscal transfers and subsidies that were put in place last year to kind of help with higher energy prices are coming due. And I think just, you know, from even from a political perspective, there's a lot less willingness to roll those over by, for another year. So we're still, we're, we could see a little bit of the negative base effect of those, you know, starting to pressure inflation. And again, that's the reason I think why the central banks want to be a little bit more careful. The worst thing that they could do is sound a little bit too dovish and then see, even if it's temporary, you know, a pickup on, on inflation over the next few months. Yeah, and currencies will definitely be reactive to any kind of central bank that looks like it's going to be first on easing. I guess the big question for investors and the ultimate question is, you know, have they missed the EM rally or is there further to go? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a hard question. Because I think that uh, it, the the rally that happened, especially in the in the second half of December and earlier this year, took a lot of people by surprise. I think that a lot of people, just given the seasonality, missed that that period. And some of the moves have been pretty significant. So 
you know, it kind of makes sense to be a little bit more tactical at this point. We have kept, as I said at the beginning, our bullish stance on these high beta, high carry currencies, but, you know, we're watching the levels a little bit more carefully. In terms of positioning, uh, I think it's important to recognize that, especially for local bonds, the foreign positioning remains very, very low. So what happened, you know, since the pandemic, there was this historic outflow out of emerging markets because global fixed income was getting reprised and there was a huge uh, outflow out of out of emerging markets that had just over the last, I would say, you know, two months, it started to stabilize and pick up a little bit. But we really haven't seen that return into uh, bond markets uh, in, in any major country. If we see that, and I think we need a lot of things to happen, we need you know, more clarity on developed market central banks, we need more clarity on, on local inflations and where central banks are peaking. But I think once that process gets going, some of these flows will, will come through, they will be significant, and just given the high carry that we have, they will tend to be unhedged. They will you know, take the opportunity to add the carry that is implied. So, you know, that, that we're very, very early in that process. And I think that over the next three to six months, some of those will start to consolidate. So I don't think that, you know, by any means it's, it's too late. Uh, this has been a multi-year process of adjusting uh, the, the, the position in EM. And I think we're just start, starting now uh, to come back. Yeah, I can definitely see that reflected in my region of coverage, Sibia, um, where we're actually starting to see a lot of kind of relative divergence between some of the currencies. You know, for example, Hungary, um, you know, offers investors very attractive yields. It's had a central bank that's pushed back uh, very directly against politicians calling for rate cuts, um, and its valuations are extremely cheap. Uh, so I think it you know, offers investors that necessary reward that they're looking for in a more uncertain environment. And probably the contrast to that is Poland, where we've actually seen that you know um, the central bank seems very eager to cut rates as soon as possible, and that the funding situation around kind of disbursement of funds from the EU isn't as secure, and they still remain significant hurdles. Um, and also, you don't have you know the kind of attractive yields may be on offer to really compensate investors for risk surrounding security concerns. So I do think perhaps, you know, the bar for even broad-based EMFX rally is higher. And, you know, as we were saying before, that the domestics really matter more. Well, I think that is all we have time for this week. I really just want to thank our guest, Alvaro, for joining us and taking us through what's driving EMFX at the moment and our continued conviction there will be opportunities going forward and um, if you like the podcast please click like um, and also do subscribe to uh, the currency exchange so we're the first to get our latest episode thank you